Preface, Summary, Rule, and Norm of the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord by Martin Chemnitz and others, translated by F. Bente and W. H. T. Dow. Preface when by the special grace and mercy of the Almighty, the doctrine concerning the chief articles of our Christian religion, which under the papacy had been horribly obscured by human teachings and ordinances, had been explained and purified again from, in accordance with the direction and analogy of God's word by Dr. Luther of blessed and holy memory, and the papistic errors, abuses, and idolatries had been rebuked, and this pure reformation was nevertheless regarded by its opponents as introducing a new doctrine, and was violently, though without foundation, charged with being entirely contrary to God's word and the Christian ordinances, and in addition was loaded with almost endless, unsupportable calumnies and accusations. The Christian, the most illustrious and, in religious piety, most prominent electors and princes and the estates of the empire, which at that time had embraced the pure doctrine of the Holy Gospel, and had their churches reformed in a Christian manner according to God's word, had a Christian confession prepared from God's word at the great Diet of Augsburg in the year 1530, and delivered it to the Emperor Charles V. In this they clearly and plainly made their Christian confession as to what was being held and taught in the Christian evangelical churches concerning the chief articles, especially those in controversy between them and the papists. And although this confession was received with disfavor by their opponents, still, thank God, it remains to this day unrefuted and unoverthrown. To this Christian pious Augsburg confession, so thoroughly grounded in God's word, we herewith pledge ourselves again, publicly and solemnly, from our inmost hearts. We abide by its simple, clear, and unadulterated meaning as the words convey it, and regard the said confession as a pure Christian symbol, with which at the present time true Christians ought to be found next to, which pious hearts ought to receive next to the matchless authority of God's word just as in former times concerning certain great controversies that had arisen in the church of god symbols and confessions were proposed to which the pure teachers and hearers at that time pledged themselves with heart and mouth we intend also by the grace of the almighty faithfully to abide until our end by the doctrine of this christian confession mentioned several times as it was delivered in the year fifteen thirty to the emperor charles v and it is our purpose, neither in this nor in any other writing, to recede in the least from that oft-cited confession, nor to propose another or new confession. Now, although the Christian doctrine of this confession has in great part remained unchallenged, save what has been done by the papists, yet it cannot be denied that some theologians have departed from some great principle and important articles of the said confession, and either have not attained to their true meaning, or at any rate have not continued steadfastly therein. And occasionally some have even undertaken to attach to it a foreign meaning, while at the same time they wished to be regarded as adherents of 
they profess to embrace, the Augsburg Confession, and to avail themselves and make their boast of it for a pretext. From this, grievous and injurious dissensions have arisen in the pure evangelical churches, just as even during the lives of the holy apostles among those who wished to be called Christians, and boasted of Christ's doctrine, horrible errors arose likewise. For some sought to be justified and saved by the works of the law, Acts 15, 1-29. Others denied the resurrection of the dead, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. And still others did not believe that Christ was true and eternal God. Against these the holy apostles had to inveigh strenuously in their sermons and writings, although they were well aware that also at that time such fundamental errors and severe controversies could not occur without offense both to unbelievers and to those weak in the faith. In a similar manner, at present, our opponents, the papists, rejoice at the dissensions that have arisen among us in the unchristian and vain hope that these discords might finally cause the suppression of the pure doctrine, while those who are weak in faith are greatly offended and disturbed, and some of them doubt whether amid such dissensions the pure doctrine is with us, and others do not know with whom to side with respect to the articles in controversy. For the controversies which have occurred are not, as some would regard them, mere misunderstandings or disputes concerning words, as are apt to occur, one side not having sufficiently grasped the meaning of the other, and the difficulty lying thus in a few words which are not of great moment. But here the subjects of controversy are important and great, and of such a nature that the opinion of the party in error cannot be tolerated in the Church of God much less be excused or defended. Necessity, therefore, requires us to explain these controverted articles according to God's word and approved writings, so that every one who has Christian understanding can notice which opinion concerning the matters in controversy accords with God's word and the Christian Augsburg Confession, and which does not. And sincere Christians who have the truth at heart may guard and protect themselves against, flee, and avoid the errors and corruptions that have arisen. End of the Preface Comprehensive Summary Rule and Norm According to Which All Dogmas Should Be Judged and the Erroneous Teachings, Controversies That Have Occurred Should Be Decided and Explained in a Christian Way 1. We believe, teach, and confess that the sole rule and standard according to which all dogmas, together with all teachers, should be estimated and judged, are the prophetic and apostolic scriptures of the Old and New Testament alone, as it is written, Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And St. Paul, Though an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. Galatians 1, 8. Other writings, however, of ancient or modern teachers, whatever name they bear, must not be regarded as equal to the Holy Scriptures, but all of them together be subjected to them, and should not be received otherwise or further than as witnesses, which are to show in what manner after the time of the apostles and at what places this pure doctrine of the prophets and apostles was preserved. 2. And because Directly after the times of the apostles, and even while they were still living, false teachers and heretics arose, 
and symbols, that is, brief, succinct, categorical confessions were composed against them in the early church, which were regarded as the unanimous universal Christian faith and confession of the orthodox and true church, namely, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. We pledge ourselves to them, and hereby reject all heresies and dogmas which, contrary to them, have been introduced into the Church of God. 3. As to the schisms in matters of faith, however, which have occurred in our time, we regard as the unanimous consensus and declaration of our Christian faith and confession, especially against the papacy and its false worship, idolatry, superstition, and against other sects, as the symbol of our time, the first, unaltered Augsburg Confession, delivered to the Emperor Charles V at Augsburg in the year 1530, in the Great Diet, together with its apology, and the articles composed at Smalcald in the year 1537, and subscribed at that time by the chief theologians. And because such matters concern also the laity and the salvation of their souls, we also confess the small and large catechisms of Dr. Luther, as they are included in Luther's works, as the Bible of the laity, wherein everything is comprised which is treated at greater length in Holy Scripture, and is necessary for a Christian man to know for his salvation. To this direction, as above announced, all doctrines are to be conformed, and what is contrary thereto is to be rejected and condemned, as opposed to the unanimous declaration of our faith. In this way the distinction between the Holy Scriptures of the Old and of the New Testament and all other writings is preserved, and the Holy Scriptures alone remain the only judge, rule, and standard according to which, as the only test-stone, all dogmas shall and must be discerned and judged as to whether they are good or evil, right or wrong. But the other symbols and writings cited are not judges, as are the Holy Scriptures, but only a testimony and declaration of the faith as to how at any time the Holy Scriptures have been understood and explained in the articles in controversy in the Church of God by those then living and how the opposite dogma was rejected and condemned, by what arguments the dogmas conflicting with the Holy Scripture were rejected and condemned. End of Summary Rule and Norm Recording by Jonathan Lang